This is Self-Awareness for Everyone, a weekly journey into applied guidance for mindfulness. I'm your host, MJ Bleehart, storyteller, author, creative, and lifelong learner. I'll be your guide through conscious reality creation, simple mindfulness tools available to everyone to empower greater control of life's experiences and other applications of unselfish self-awareness. This week's episode, Triggers, Trigger Warnings, and Self-Awareness. Trigger warning, this might be controversial, but I think it needs to be addressed. How you handle your triggers will impact everything that you do. For a lot of people, triggers are a really big deal, and I am in no way, shape, or form lessening that by talking about this today. What I do want to address is what I consider the single biggest problem when it comes to things that trigger people and to triggers in general, which is that some people will do everything in their power to avoid their triggers. Now, I understand that. Some of the triggers that people have were caused by extreme trauma, really bad happenings that are totally understandable as to why they're causing a trigger. However, this does become problematic because so long as you avoid your triggers, they will always trigger you. They will always be able to trigger you. You will never have any control over them whatsoever. Now, I know some people will argue that you can't control triggers. They just are. I don't agree. And that's because I've been triggered. I have my own triggers. I think everybody does. Just the way we handle them is very, very different from person to person. And it's a choice. Do you address what it is that's bothering you, what it is that upsets you, or do you completely avoid it? Again, there are times where avoiding these things is right and proper and wise, frankly, because some of the things that have happened to people are not things that should ever have happened to them that are awful, and that are understandably triggering because, hey, that's just not cool. We live in a world that is seldom easy or painless. And the thing of it is, life is seldom easy or painless. I always think of the line from The Princess Bride where Wesley tells Buttercup, life is pain, Highness. Anyone who tells you otherwise is selling something. Well, that's true. Anyone who tries to claim that life is utterly entirely able to be pain-free is full of it because it's part of life. You're going to experience pain. You cannot deny that sometimes life sucks, and this is true for everyone, and it's utterly unavoidable. Now, I know it would be better if we could avoid this. I know how much better it would be if you could skip things that are painful, if you could stay away from the things that are unpleasant, but you can't. It is part of human nature. It is part of life. And it's not necessarily bad. Often what we ascribe good or bad is entirely a matter of perspective. You are seeing it from the place that you're at now or from a place that you've been in the past. And as such, you've judged it, predetermined what it will be. To be fair, there are things that are not good. There are things that are pretty much always bad. There are certain things, and I'm not even going to get into what they are. I think you know what I'm talking about here. When I talk about there are things in this world that are just outright bad. They are things you do not do to other human beings because you would not want them done 
to you. And yet, people have taken a lack of kindness or compassion to extremes where they see other people as lesser and treat them like they're lesser, despite the fact that they're also human beings with the same hopes and desires and dreams in the general sense of they wish to be treated with respect and dignity and care and kindness and compassion. It's all too easy to forget that that's what everybody wants. I have never encountered a person that didn't desire to be treated with kindness, compassion, or empathy. Period. And yet, we have all these people out there who ignore being kind or compassionate or having any empathy whatsoever for the sake of, I don't know, greed, selfishness, narcissism, take your pick. It's not necessary to point any of this out. It's not important to name names. The point is this. There is going to be negativity in this world. You will experience pain whether you like it or not. That pain will be mental, emotional, spiritual, and or physical, and you cannot avoid it. Even if you were to sequester yourself away from the world somehow, if you were to find some way to put yourself in a cave somewhere where you are safe and protected, that doesn't mean you're always safe and protected. I mean, great, you found this fantastic cave to sequester yourself in and hide from the world, but what happens when there's an earthquake or a flash flood, and the next thing you know, you're suffering? You cannot avoid it. And part of that is life is paradox. To know good, you have to know bad. To know pleasure, you need to know pain. Now, I'm not saying they need to be out of whack and out of balance, but they just both need to be. Many of the awful things that happen and that cause triggers or trigger people in general are completely and utterly not anybody's fault. They are are random happenstance. They are strange circumstances. They are happenings that you have zero control over. The thing of it is this. When you're triggered and you have triggers, if you avoid them, you disempower yourself. I know that they might be really difficult to deal with. I understand that PTSD hurts in ways that are really hard to fathom if you don't suffer from it. But I also know that this is a choice. You can choose to be a victim, or you can choose to do something to take control. That doesn't mean you're doing it yourself. You might actually need to get help. This is where professional therapists are wonderful. See a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a social worker or somebody professionally trained who can help you when you've got these things that trigger you. But the longer you avoid them, the longer you empower them disempowering yourself. And before you know it, your triggers and being triggered is something that you're constantly in avoidance of and never dealing with. And as such, your triggers will always control you. The power to overcome something that triggers you is wholly, entirely yours. And it might seem really, really difficult to believe that. It might seem completely impossible and painfully challenging and, of course, utterly unfair. And you know what? It might be. There just is no other way around it. It might be that that thing that triggers you, your triggers are painful and they are unpleasant and avoiding them seems like the best plan. And there are certainly times where that's true. But if you avoid them forever, if you never 
attempt to take control of your life experience and to deal with those triggers, to confront them, then you know what? So long as you avoid them, they will always trigger you. And I mean always. There will be nothing you can do about it because you've left yourself to the mercy of this thing that triggers you, to this trigger. And again, I'm not trying to discount people who are triggered because you know what? It is a thing. What I do get frustrated by, however, are the people who use triggers as their excuses for doing this, that, or the other thing, or more often for not doing something. Oh, that triggers me. Don't trigger me like that. You know, I get it. I really, really do. But you cannot spend your life avoiding the difficult and the painful or else that's not life, my friends. It's just not. Life is challenging and those challenges sometimes really suck and they will trigger you. You decide, am I going to allow myself to be the victim of this? Is my trigger going to control me or can I do something to take control of it? Now, I've talked about getting professional help, and that's often the best way to deal with triggers, especially if you're talking about a trauma that triggered you, something awful that happened, whatever it is, doesn't matter. But the first aspect of dealing with your triggers is to be accountable for them. Now, I want to caution you here because a lot of people, when they think of accountability, think of taking the blame into yourself. This has nothing to do with blame. It also has nothing to do with ascribing fault to somebody or other or something or other. Blame and fault does nothing for anybody. They are useless factors because blame is nothing but disassociation. Blame tosses something away, puts it outside of yourself, and it's about as far from accountability as you can get. And people love to blame. Any of these politicians, any of these business leaders who don't desire to show themselves to be decent human beings are going to blame somebody or something for whatever's going on. And they often will use that to disempower mass groups of people. And then the next thing you know, you've got all sorts of issues with immigrants and with migrants and with people of color and with take your pick, all because somebody wants to blame rather than accountability. That is not what I'm talking about when I talk about accountability and triggers. It's not the same thing. What it is, is recognition and acknowledgement of them. A lot of times when people are avoiding the things that trigger them, they're not fully acknowledging what a trigger is. I can relate to this. Not so long ago, it was brought to my attention that my mother triggers me really, really easily. No offense, mom, if you're listening to this, I love you. But sometimes she is a trigger to drive me to the point where I get just enraged because of situations that are old things in my brain, because of expectations that I feel I never meet, and all kinds of other matters that are wholly mine and only mine to deal with. I have come to recognize and acknowledge that this is a trigger, and by recognizing what the trigger is, now I can start to deal with how I'm triggered. And I've done various things to work with this. Among them, on my own, I've been better about meditation and journaling and really getting to know this, but I've also started seeing a therapist to help me through this. Because along with this discovery, I made other discoveries about things that are throwing me off. 
I refuse to call them triggers because I don't feel I'm triggered by much of anything. And that's part of the problem I also have with this term is how people use it as this broad scope of all these things that throw them off. I'm thrown off by this, that, or the other thing sometimes too, but I'm not willing to call a lot of them triggers because that's not how I view this. And maybe that's personal, but the point is this. You need to identify, recognize, and acknowledge what your triggers are. And once you've taken that into account and you've accepted them, now you can apply some mindfulness to them. You will not always be able to avoid things that trigger you. That's just the nature of the beast. And sometimes when you're not ready to confront them, you still need to deal with them. And one of the best ways to do so is via mindfulness. Mindfulness is active, conscious awareness. In this instance of what triggers you, specifically right here and right now, as it happens, as you are triggered, what's doing it? When you are mindful of that, now you have the ability to take control over what's going on and you can choose to take actions that will help change this. Specifically, you can look at what your thoughts and feelings are to connected to those triggers. You can look at what's going on in the world around you that triggers you. You can see how you are triggered and what happens because there's always two factors involved in this. There is the trigger itself and what triggers you, but then what actually happens when you're triggered. Do you lose your ability to speak? Do you become so terrified that you're completely frozen? Do you feel the need to run screaming in the opposite direction? Is it a combination of all of the above? Is it different depending on the trigger involved? Whatever the case may be, there's nothing you can do about it and you can never take power over it unless you know what it is, and mindfulness empowers you to do that. When you have triggers, they are not something to just be ignored or downplayed, but you need to know how they impact you and whether you can take control of them. That's always a choice available to you. You always have the power to be accountable for your triggers and to take action, whether by yourself or with assistance, to Deal with them. Because believe me, if you don't deal with your triggers, if you allow yourself to constantly avoid the things that trigger you, you're not going to live a full life. I know that's harsh. I, I recognize that's harsh. But my friends, it's the truth. We live in a world of pain and sorrow. But it's not just a world of pain. It's the nature of the world. It's a paradox. There is also tremendous amounts of pleasure and joy to be had and to be found, and you are worthy and deserving of any pleasure and joy you seek. You are worthy and deserving of living the best possible life that you can live. And when triggers get in the way of that, rather than avoid them and allow them to keep triggering you, you have the power to do something with this. And that begins with accountability and mindfulness and overall greater self-awareness. Let's get into this week's Applied Guidance for Mindfulness tool. Now, because of the nature of triggers and the traumas that they often represent, there is no mindfulness guidance tool that I am comfortable offering you on this topic. I don't believe that there's a single idea I'm willing to say, this will help you with your triggers, because I don't know. What might help me won't necessarily help you 
And I acknowledge it might make things worse for you because again, trauma is traumatic. However, I'm going to address becoming more actively, consciously aware via mindfulness. This is resharing the first mindfulness tool I ever offered on one of these episodes. And it really boils down to asking yourself questions, preferably aloud, and any or all of the following questions are the types of questions you need to ask to become more consciously aware, actively mindful and consciously aware. These questions include, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? How am I feeling? Where is my mind? What am I thinking about? What am I focused on? What are my intentions? What am I doing? Each of these questions can only be truly answered right here and right now. You cannot ask these questions about the past and you certainly can't ask them about the future because they only exist in their truth here and now in the present. And when you ask these questions and make yourself more consciously aware and more mindful, you also make yourself more accountable for every element of your life experience. And that empowers you to use greater self-awareness and more mindfulness to live a better life, to live a life that lights you up, that excites you, that brings you contentment and joy. It's not always going to be the way. There are going to be bad times, there are going to be challenges, and you're going to have bad days. But you get to choose if that's dominating or if you will take the power that belongs to you to take control and choose for yourself. And this is especially applicable to triggers. Thanks for joining me for this week's Self-Awareness for Everyone. I hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of applied guidance for mindfulness, conscious reality creation, and working with other tools for optimizing your life experience. If you have any questions or comments, drop me an email at author at mjbleehart.com. You can go ahead and follow me on social media via Instagram at mjbleehart, on TikTok at mjbleehart72, and on Facebook at bleehartmj. Thank you to the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network for hosting my show. Thank you to Fee Mahoney. She is the talented creator of my original cover art. Please do me a favor and go take a moment to check out her amazing art and other works in her Etsy shop at Talia's Inspirations. Please pay a visit to my blogs, The Ramblings of the Titanium Dawn at titaniumdawn.com as well as at mjbleehart.medium.com and also please check out my ever-growing number of published sci-fi and fantasy novels on Amazon. I hope that you're discovering how self-awareness works hand-in-hand with mindfulness and can be applied to improve not only your life experience, but potentially that of the people around you. Be kind, compassionate, and your own self-aware creator, whatever form that takes. And please be mindful that you are worthy and deserving of being the best you that you can be. Namaste.